Welcome back to the first episode of the second season of That I-70 Show. I'm so excited to be back. I didn't really know if the show was going to go on this season, to be honest. We uh, had some co-hosts that weren't so excited to continue doing it. Satchel is uh, going to be stepping back a little bit. I don't I don't know if you knew that, but then uh, Alex is studying for his um, CFA exam. So he will also be stepping back, at least at the beginning of the ski season, but we will have him back eventually. I am very happy to be joined by my good friend, Josh Lucero, tonight, stepping in as our co-host. Josh Lucero is a good friend of mine, somebody who I met studying abroad in Chile. Well, sorry, somebody who I met uh, in my major, business analytics at the University of Denver, but then uh, became closest with uh, studying abroad in Chile. And Josh, you are I think you are the first snowboarder we're going to have on the podcast uh, ever. So you're yeah, you're providing I'm a fresh honored, perspective. I'm honored and I'm happy to represent this often misunderstood population. <laughs> it is very misunderstood, very. especially from our crew of only skiers here on the podcast. Exactly. We we tend to hate on the snowboarders, but um and lay it on me, I'm ready to take it. <laughs> I you know, it's it's really hard to make fun of a snowboarder like to their face. It's really easy to do it behind their back. I actually found it easier to make fun of it to their face. <laughs> Do you have any good snowboard snowboarder jokes? I think one joke I made last year was, um, what do you call a snowboarder without a girlfriend? A snowboarder? Homeless. Ah, classic, <laughs> that was, that was, that's a repeat from last year. What, was, what do joke. you call a snowboarder at, at Alta, the hitchhiker? <laughs> you know, something like that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those skier only resorts there. I think they're just afraid of how powerful the shred can become. They allow some gnarly borders on their on their pitch. We'll go with that. We'll yeah. go with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I wanted to. We have a little bit of structure tonight, which is unusual for this podcast. Um, I there's been some. You know, you know, we've gotten a lot of good snow over the last week. Today, I should have started the podcast by saying today is November first, and we just had a pretty snowy halloween across the state of colorado um if you live down on the front range which i'm sure many of you do we got close to a foot i think in denver yeah seven and a half inches okay in some places some are closer to 10 more towards the golden side yeah so it was a lot of snow there's there's definitely it's still lingering it's cold we went from pretty much a warm october nice uh fall vibes to all of a sudden winter end of end of october so um that was abrupt, but anyhow, the mountains have also gotten hit really hard this week. I saw all all the the uh, mountain camps were showing, you know, really huge good dumps. dumps. It's huge dumps, twenty inches at least. I know. I think I think Vale was eighteen, and they were getting it, hammered. Which they needed it. Yeah. I mean, it was it was it was dry pretty much until this last snow. So this will provide a good base to get started with. I'm sure they're making snow up there, and. I didn't. I don't know if you saw that a basin is open now. I, didn't see. I sent you that. Uh, I sent you a reel this week of I saw it. a massive line of people lined up at a basin, and up I the hill, right? up all the way up that. Do you know what that runs called? I think it's well, it's Black Mountain Express, I believe. Yeah, the, that's the lift. the lift. I don't know what that. Stands. I don't either. Yeah. But a basin's always pretty much the first resort to open 
It looked to be the is that the singles line that went all the all the way up the hill. Yeah, okay. but I'm sure that the yeah, regular line looked gnarly too. Yeah, to on the singles line is the best place to meet the ladies. I don't know about that, yeah. but um, I definitely was surprised to see so many people out there already. Yeah, I think it's like a cloud chasing thing. It, you know, it's it, like, oh, I was there on the first day of the season, and you know, those people will probably be there on the last day of the season. That's true. It's not that's true. about the quality of the runs because there's only one run let's say. I'm also surprised, though, that that many people show up for a base and opening day. Like that many people even have uh, passes there, you know, because it's not on the icon or the epic anymore, right? I think I think you can still get some days on icon. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. you get five days if you have the icon fuller base. Yeah. See, I'm not I'm not yeah, an icon guy. This, but this is an excellent opening question yeah. for you. Are you? An icon or an epic guy, and why? I have historically been an epic guy. Um, the last last season, I had both epic and icon, and this year I just have uh, I have an epic local and icon format. So I kind of still play okay. in both camps. You're dipping your toes. I definitely lean more epic, but I feel that the population kind of goes icon, so sometimes I'm forced to uh, you know pony up with them and, and ski some. Did a lot of Winter Park last year. Yeah, kind of a little, a little burnt out on Winter Park. But what's what would be your favorite mountain uh, on both passes? Both, um, is that including like exotic, exotic. Or? Yeah, let's go all exotic. Stuff. And I kind of, I, I feel that I had a really good time at Steamboat last year. Okay. Um, even though it was kind of warm when I went, um, I'll definitely go back there. That's a good choice. Um, Epic. I grew up in Seattle skiing. Went to Whistler quite a bit. Um, we skied at Stevens Pass together one time. That was awesome. No, too. that was my dad. You weren't there that day? No, I wasn't. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you probably had a better time with him. <laughs> um, also good. Uh, Whistler is great if you can get there at the right time. In Colorado, um, you know, I'll leave Vail because. There you go. Yeah, of course. We got our Vail boy with yes, us. Yes. Um, Lovers Lead fan. So. Well, yeah, no, I, I was um, kind of coming back to that. that video of the line the other day it just makes me nervous for Incredible. how many people are going to be out there on the slopes uh, this year yeah, yeah. i was nervous last year and here we are again see any reason that the sales would have, would have dropped so, no definitely certainly I mean, not i think it was 2021 when you were still working there at bell resorts they sold two million epic passes yep so i don't see any reason the numbers would have dropped no it's it, the sport's definitely growing yep. i think on the on the margin i think uh icon's probably taken more market share that's my i actually i don't have the data absolutely but it, as i talk to more and more people it just seems like pe more people are saying oh i got the icon this year it's become more premium pass actually too yeah. unsurprisingly they have some really great mountains to offer yeah, obviously I have, with i have no i think copper is a great mountain winter park before it was i think the thing about icon is that Winter Park and Eldora are two of the closest mountains to Denver. So for, mm -hmm. for those trying to avoid that horrendous Saturday morning traffic, those are those are pretty good options. Yeah, and you get off of I seventy pretty quickly going to Winter Park. That's a big perk. So big time. I am. Uh, I, I guess I'm not surprised. Um, I'm surprised that that Icon's going with the more premium pricing though, and they're getting away with it. People it are people are shelling out. I think it was over. It was like eleven hundred bucks or close, something. Close to a thousand. Yeah. That's crazy. With skiing people, you know, it's like versus if you think about for them, nine hundred versus a thousand versus eleven hundred. Yeah. Know, in their mind, that's one day, right? 
Yeah, but then you look at the the epic, and I think the epic local was like six thirty. Yeah, I think I think six. That's a pretty yeah, so that's a pretty seven, pretty big jump because it was. That's why I went with epic local. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But we were talking about the the Whistler Blackcomb prices, uh-huh. three hundred for a day pass. Oh yeah, I sent you that video as well yes. on Instagram. I'll I'll post both these these videos on our on our reels later. But um, three, I actually asked our our friend. Uh, we're not going to mention her name now, but she uh, clarified. Actually, it doesn't matter. We can mention Maddie, our friend Maddie. Uh, she uh, mentioned that that three hundred is actually Canadian. Oh, okay. so. So we, I was astounded when I saw that pricing, essentially for our audience, we saw that pricing at Whistler for a day pass was going to be over 300 a day, which is astounding if they raise their prices that much, but it turns out it's Canadian. So she said that equates to more like 220, which is what you would pay for a day pass at Vail. Yeah. Still expensive though. Yeah. You got to, but I mean, that's just the day pass, right? You factor in parking, rentals. Oh my gosh. Gas. Well, Whistler, the, the big expense is getting up there. Like, how do you get there? Vancouver, the, Seattle. Yeah, you got to have a friend in Seattle. Flights are way cheaper. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, kind of moving on here. Well, Keystone is also open. I saw today. I, I saw that that source is uh, on the snow. Said that Keystone is open. Two two runs. <laughs> two ribbons of death. School alarm. <laughs> yeah. Take her for all she's worth. <laughs> um, and to that point, we're we're already getting into ski season, which is just wild. Um, when when do you typically go snowboarding for the first time? I've gone to the A Bay opening day, I think like once when I was in college still. <clears throat> I, I, I usually how I'm, how I'm, was it? Uh I mean we you know, we did the run three or four times that we were uh-huh. like, oh, we're, we're done with this. Mostly about the parking lot drinking. Yeah. Course, yeah, yeah. Big, big, big um, I usually try to go if, if I'm staying in Colorado for Christmas, I'll definitely go like Christmas Day, okay. Um, as a son of Abraham, member of the tribe, you know, I don't actually uh, celebrate Christmas, so it's a great day to go skiing, yes, it is. Uh, and usually by December 25th, I think you know, usually I think last year I went to Copper that was open. Um, I think Breck and, and Vail might be open then. So, you know, less, less lines, even if the terrain is not, you know, usually the backside is not open then. So yeah. Yeah. It's super variable. So we'll see. That's, that's typically when I like to start skiing is like around late December. Sure. Um, I'm going to be teaching skiing again this season. So I will be up there starting early December, actually this year. Um, so we'll see how it is. I mean, there's always, you know, and, Running into the tourists around anywhere between December twenty first to thirty first, it's a big mm-hmm. to be expected. Totally, totally. Yeah. It'll be it'll be especially crazy. it's hard with the, with the tourists and the lack of runs, just because only yeah, half the lifts are open. It's a little. It's kind of the most dangerous time to be skiing out there. Yeah, just gotta be careful. Every everything's a little more condensed, and yeah. they definitely make a point to call that out when we get out there at the beginning of the season as, as ski instructors. Yeah. Um, it's good. What, what trips do you have planned outside of Colorado? I'd like to ask this question just because I've been asked on a couple trips this, this year as well. And I'm not sure what to say, to say yes to, um, you know, factoring expense is a big thing, especially yeah. with, 
I feel like there's lots of macroeconomic things happening in our world too. Yeah. Inflation has made everything more expensive. So I'm kind of cutting back a little bit this season and saying, you know what, I'm going to really just enjoy my, my uh, resorts that I have access to here in Colorado. But just curious, do you have any trips planned yeah. this season? Well, we have a friend of mine has a timeshare in Bozeman. So we last year we went to Big Sky. Um, they went for, you get five days on, at Big Sky with the Icon Pass. I only went for um, three. It was three plus a weekend, but I didn't use all the days. So I think I think that will be happening again this year. Uh, I I flew to Bozeman from Denver. Some of the other fellas drove, um, and it was it was awesome. Big Sky is a great resort. A lot of terrain. Like it's it's one of the biggest resorts by like acreage in the entire U.S. Very cool. Yeah. That's a place I have not yet skied. I've skied yeah. at Bridger, which is right, you know, like yes. 20 minutes outside of Bozeman. Yeah. But um, we, we went to, when I was growing up in Seattle skiing, we take the train out to Montana sometimes and ski there. Very so that cool. was the first time I've been there for about 10 years. From Seattle, it's not that far. It's closer than Colorado, right? Closer, yes. We would take an overnight train. So that was always fun. Oh, very cool. Um, this year, so I think that will happen, but that might be the only trip outside of Colorado. I think planning something to Crested Butte. Yes, um, that's a must-do for me every year too. Might I've got an aunt and uncle in uh, in New Mexico, so hoping to go out. Um, so Taos is actually not on my the Icon Four Pack does not include Taos, unfortunately. But they've got a little mountain about thirty minutes north of Santa Fe called Ski Santa Fe that I went, went to this summer when I was visiting. Oh, very cool. Um, so that's where my my uncle and my cousin ski. So I'm hoping to make a trip down there. And just sort of, it's it's kind of like a, it kind of reminds me of a of an Eldora or a basin, you know, maybe five or six chairlifts, just you know, go there for fun. So yeah, hoping, hoping this is family. Down there. Cool. Yeah. Um, that is since you mentioned ski skiable acreage, I think now is a good time to do some trivia. Okay. Because one of the, the one of one of the trivia questions in here is what is the world's largest ski resort by skiable acreage? Oh man. The, this is the the important distinction here is the world's largest. Um, I certainly would have wouldn't have gotten this one. And um, is this what ChatGPT says? Yes, this is what ChatGPT says. Okay. Skiable acreage, like including inbounds, out of bounds. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's a, a that would be. A... I assume they're only counting inbounds. Actually, oh, okay. I was going to say because um, like, silver, Silverton, like there's you know. There's yeah, one chairlift, thousands of acres yeah. out there. Um, no, this this would only be inbounds acreage, but it, this is a really difficult one. According to ChatGPT, we have La Plaine, located in the French Alps, oh. and I might be saying that incorrectly. Yeah. It's spelled P L A G N E. Okay. Um, I assume the G is silent. Uh, we'll we'll roll on to question yeah. number two. I was going to guess. I was going to guess like Whistler Vodka. Maybe if you like combine them, that would be like considered one. Mm -hmm. well whistler black home is the largest in north america oh, okay so followed by followed by park city right, as number nice, two nice. yep um this one's slightly easier but still difficult who was the first snowboarder to land a double cork in competition double cork do you know do you know professional snowboarders of well? course you've definitely heard this name and i'll give you a hint that he is canadian Oh, Canadian. It's got to be uh, Mark McMorris. Ding, ding, ding. Let's go. Nice job. He is, a, he is an absolute beast. <laughs> um, okay, here's another semi-hard one, okay. but interesting. 
<clears throat> when did snowboarding become an Olympic sport? What year and where was the Olympics held? Oh, that's a good one. It's too hard too. Yeah. I should have asked you some. No, it's okay. I like I like the challenge. Was it like like Let's see if you can get like the decade. Okay. Was it like nineteen ninety eight? Maybe ninety six. Ninety eight is correct. Uh, Ninety eight. Uh, oh, Nagano, Japan. Wow, you actually knew that. Uh, I was just a complete guess. That's really that impressive. Right? Okay, yeah, that's correct. Let's go, let's go. That's. I just knew that. I knew that Japan has some of the best snowboarders in the world. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, that is correct. All right, let's go. <laughs> I did not know that one, but um, very good, Josh. Uh, the last one. So you've heard of the game of NAR? Um, I have not. So the game of NAR was created by a professional skier, Shane McConkie. Um, you, you're familiar with Shane McConkie, at least, right? No? Okay, well, you need to do some reading up okay. on Shane McConkie. He was... You need to learn about your own culture. Um, certainly uh, shaped the extreme skiing uh, landscape. He's a very um, inspirational guy. And NAR stands for Gaff Gaffney's Numerical Assessment of Radness. The game is... Um, an informal game that you play on the ski mountain and there is just ridiculous challenges that you do to get points and you can kind of like do a flip. Yeah. Stuff like that. Or like, uh, tell, tell other skiers on the mountain that you're the best skier on the mountain. That kind of thing. <laughs> I actually need to look up the rules of the game of NAR. Um, is this like defined by a governing body or something? <laughs> uh, it's not. Okay. Um, yeah. Dr. Gaffney. <laughs> What is the game of NAR? Score as many points as possible, designated by attempting lines, acquiring extra credit points, and earning bonuses. Okay. Um, is it like a judge or you just, you can't, and just are NAR? Ski Magazine says you can't win NAR points if you take skiing too seriously. So it's it's a very informal yeah. game. Super funny. So, I have never heard that one. I like that a lot. Stat, stat with ease? Style with ease. Style with ease. Yeah, okay. You know Steve's. Yeah. People don't understand about Steve's is that it's like... You can have style, but if making it look easy, that's the part that really wins you those points. You that's know? really true. Yeah, like e like effortless. Honestly, back you know my three sixty, like I can stomp three sixties like yeah, on can. command I've now. Seen it, but I feel like I need to work on my steez, like yeah, making it look exactly. really easy. That's that's what that's what wins you the attention, of the ladies. Like getting that tail grab on the 360 yeah, Japan grab holding it for yeah, a long yeah, time yeah. it's like it's like just have fun with it you know? it's, it's, it's skiing it's not like it's not like your day job you that's know? well that's that's a good point yeah. you definitely uh like to have fun with with the boarding Most you're you're always um rocking an outfit out there always yeah you're always rocking a fit what's your go-to fit you, you got plenty of NBA jerseys, yes. Seahawks fan. I do. I usually go the LeBron James Miami Heat jersey. Uh, that's my primary <laughs> primary skin, I would say. Uh, I rock Super Mario from time to time. Nice. Do you hockey jersey? Only, mm -hmm. you know, during um, Winter Carnival. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> shout out all the DU ladies on the, on the slopes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freshman <laughs> only. Uh, <laughs> You know, I got a little like Giannis, uh, Team Greek, onto the Kumpo. So, nice. Yeah, you know, it just depends on the vibe. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I think more more people need to mix up their style a little yeah, bit. Yeah. It's out there in their basic black <laughs> North Place, like 
<laughs> how, how are people ever going to find you on the map? Everyone's wearing that, you know. It's like true. The, the, the Giannis, you know, that's you can see that from a mile away. Yeah, yeah, I've skied with you, and I definitely see you all the way, all the way down the run. Um, I think those were some good uh, questions for you. But have you heard anything about I seventy construction this upcoming ski season? I have heard nothing, but I constantly see it. <laughs> so that's almost worse, I guess. Well, my my dad. Yeah, do you have, do you have bad news for me? Actually, I have good news okay. because. My dad was super worried about, and I did some research tonight. Um, he was worried about a project called the Floyd Hill Project, um, where I believe they're actually like creating a new I express have, lane. I actually haven't heard of this. Yes, so that was going on all set all summer, but it turns out that it's actually an, a summer only project. So that, my dad was my dad was freaking out because he was like, "How are we going to drive to the mountains if they're doing this project all winter?" Yeah. And I was like, "You're totally right. This is going to be a nightmare." For anyone that's driven to the mountains, and even even on a non-traveling period, Floyd Hill is definitely the biggest like bottleneck. Yeah, just because of the grade. No, even when it's not icy, you know, there's just a, a lot of trucks, and it's only two lanes. And it's like that merge with, or not merge, but it's when uh, no, Highway Six yeah, joins yes, with yes, Seventy. Know. That's right. Yeah. I think that just throws people off, and and then the grade you get all these people from yeah. out of state who don't can't deal with going downhill and at the bottom of the ice. canyon there's a lot of very windy narrow roads and yeah all it takes is one accident and yeah. they'll back up traffic three hours you know? yeah that's so true it's freaking brutal it's so gnarly yeah um jackson what what time if you're leaving i know you teach so you probably mm-hmm. leave early but for a standard well skiing couple on a saturday what time would you leave denver to make sure you get into the mountains honestly it's gotten so bad in the last year or two years i'd say it's gotten really bad um if i'm going up there to just free ski a lot of times we'll leave at like five thirty six. i feel like i feel like before six and is the standard i think it, that's too late now to be totally honest with you it's because crazy, right? i now teach like you said and i had a yeah i had a saturday when we were leaving from denver i believe we I'm not kidding. I set my alarm for 4.30. We were out the door by 5. Dino lot by... We were at the dino lot at 5.30. And there was already traffic at 5.30 in the morning. I had never seen it like that. And then I needed to be at Vale to pick up the kids by 8.15. No, yeah, 8.15 is when I'm supposed to be there. And I I was probably 15 minutes late. And I got yelled at by parents. So um, that is... You need to leave, I think, this year, no later than 5.30. I think so. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's brutal. You definitely, yeah, my, my my family always says you need to be going through Golden at 6 at the yeah. very latest. Yeah, because I think once you clear at least Idaho Springs, you're probably fine. Yeah. Those are the worst bottlenecks, like we said, Floyd Hill. But even the tunnel, you know, one accident there, you're, you're waiting an hour. Well, that's why it it's becoming more and more important to have a place to stay up there so you don't have to drive yeah, in those totally. peak hours. Um, but to that point, the, those mountain communities have also exploded. Like Silverthorne is just massive Absolutely. now. Yeah. Um, the other construction that I was seeing that they've been doing is the, some Clear Creek work. Okay. And supposedly uh, this is day, daytime single lane closure and nighttime canyon closure entirely 
but no closure on the weekends and holidays. All these closures, they actually do a pretty decent job of like so. timing, so. timing it around the traffic. But any time closed is less time that people would normally be on the road, and so it kind of, it still condenses people together. I think, yeah, yeah, because I mean, it's that crowded nowadays. Been guilty of heading up to the Blackhawk Casino on a weekday, and I was I would see them doing construction in one one lane. I'm like, ah, oh, why are you doing this now? But actually, it's actually good that they're doing it. Yeah, on a Tuesday <laughs> when because, Josh is going to gamble yeah, because if you can't do it on a Saturday, night, I'll just say. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's brutal. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't personally, I don't use the express lane really ever on I seventy unless never. I I've never used it. Like I've I fortunately have never been in a rush to get back somewhere okay i feel like i plan well enough where i'm not like i need to pay you're not rushed on the sunday like 12 dollars. it's not it's not crazy but that would be like i gotta get back to feed my dog yeah yeah well that is a good (laughs) that's a really good point though that uh i think people could learn from you a lot of times i'm rushing back to get back to denver for some stupid reason like there's a sunday night football game that i'm gonna go watch it with watch with some friends or whatever And that's how people get in accidents. Thankfully, I've yes. never been in an accident on my 70. But it's definitely what leads to accidents is people rushing home. And it's like, we all just need to take a chill pill. We're going to get home eventually. Yep, yep. I'm super guilty of that. So I'm going to try to do better this year. I, I support you on your journey. <laughs> um, when you're driving on I-70 or when you get stuck in, stuck in traffic, do you have spots where you pull off and like, you, you find yourself at a specific gas station or you find yourself at a specific restaurant or mm. a specific town even? No, I mean, my roommate has a condo in Georgetown. So if there was mm. like a blizzard and the pass was very treacherous, I might have pulled off there to just wait it out a little bit. That's a great spot to be because I feel like Georgetown's still small and kind of one of the more drive-by communities yeah. that not a lot of people stop there. No, no. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's actually very... Very nice, um, but what um, about a, what about a favorite restaurant on the on the pass on along I seventy at all? Favorite restaurant. I mean, you can think about Vale too. I know that's probably where you'd end up eating out the most. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously in Vale, I lean Pazos because of uh, our friend, friend yes, of ours that is involved in the ownership there. Um, but you know the place I've. It's not a restaurant. The place I've pulled over the most is the Seven Eleven in Silverthorne. I have taken many a bathroom break there. Um, that always comes up. <laughs> that is like the busiest it stop is, in is. the whole country. Yeah, if you're at the wrong time, you got to wait like an hour for the bathroom. <laughs> but if that's the case, you just go to the Wendy's next door. I love that. I think they changed the policy on the bathroom situation. So oh gosh, just be careful. We should, that okay? Well, that just made me think of an, a business idea. We should okay. just, just open up a. Uh, Pay restrooms along I seventy. Awesome. People would do it. I mean, I know. the dads, you know, they're drinking coffee on the way that they gotta go. So. Yeah, it's that's a brilliant business idea, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, There's a good deli in Idaho Springs. I don't remember the name, but they have some good burritos. Honestly, it's it's. What do you think of okay about about stopping in anywhere? Idaho Springs, Georgetown, so forth. Is it is it about like? How quickly you can get off and back on the freeway, or would you rather like drive a little bit to like get a good for me good burrito, take an extra five to ten minutes? For me, it's always about how quickly you can get yeah, off. Okay, me too. But depending on who's in your car, you know, yeah. it's like it's, 
you know, sometimes the girls would rather like, you know, go have brunch, you know, you're like, okay, well, we won't make it to the mountain until, until 1 p.m. But sometimes they're <laughs> fine with that. Yeah, sometimes I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, that's totally fair. Yeah. I find myself stopping. Um, I actually get off in Georgetown for gas, that gas station when you're driving um, east, actually coming home, that Conoco, super convenient one. Super packed all the time though too, but I still like it. And then um, I, if I'm stopping in Silverthorne, I don't turn right when I get off the exit. If I'm driving westbound on I-70, I don't get off and go to the gas stations to the, to the, exactly. I go left towards Dillon because that one's cheaper. It is. So I'm driving towards Keystone. It's a little cheaper, and then it's just as easy to get back on the on the freeway. Yeah, so, no problem, yeah. um, those are my spots. I don't know if I have a restaurant. The, the issue is I never remember the names of restaurants. There's a lot in Silverthorne I like. Yeah, the Einstein Bros in Silverthorne is good. Yeah, I saw Jake Gyllenhaal there once. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'm pretty sure it was him. <laughs> we made eye contact. So. I have another pictures and pitches. Yeah that we're going to do we're going to continue this segment from last year pitches and pitches for for our to remind our listeners is just a segment where i typically me can be anybody but typically me gives business ideas uh that that i think about often this is a kind of a uh, a nightmare and a blessing in one the, the amount of business ideas i come to but um the only requirement is that we have to be drinking when when we uh these business ideas. And uh, Josh and I have some Chardonnay here, actually, which is mixing it up for once once in a while. Classic. <laughs> um, so we just had Halloween yesterday, last night, and from another podcast, the T Boy Podcast, which is a business podcast, I heard this statistic that there's one candy maker who makes 90% of all the candy corn in the world. So he has a monopoly. It's called like Brock's candy corn. And he just like kind of that started a monopoly back in the day. And now everyone buys it, whether they like it or they don't really love candy corn. I mean, I'll, I'll like sample a few. Well, see, that's the thing. People either yeah, love that's it. Sure. It doesn't it. matter though. Yeah. They're always going to buy it. Yeah. yeah. It's a staple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so my my pitch my pitch for tonight is to try to create a candy that competes directly with candy corn. Mm, yeah. Um try to take some market share. I think coconut my friend Patrick said you could just do candy corn but save costs by not painting it three colors, just do one just do one solid color of candy That's true. corn. All the colors do taste the same. Yeah. Yeah. But people probably wouldn't buy it because they're, they're like, oh, you're buying yeah, the they, cheapest they, yeah, knockoff like bread. Or something. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah, what is it about candy corn that makes it such a hit? There's well, like really nothing dynamic about it. There's one, it's one texture, one flavor. There's one thing that I find intriguing about it, which is that it's actually made with all real sugar. There's no high fructose corn syrup. It's it's like... Um, so it's like healthy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, sweet. <laughs> right, we should be eating more of it then. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it's healthy, but it's like it's like drinking Mexican Coke versus sure. American Coke. So they've got that going for it. Did you guys hand out candy last night? We did. We had about we went over to a friend's house and we actually had about they had fifty um fifty trick or treaters. Pretty good. It was really good. Yeah. What about you? No, no, we didn't. Sounds like is I don't know. Yeah. There. There, there's actually not a not a lot around here either. That to you. But I just have a whole bowl of sour patch kids that i have to eat by myself 
<laughs> and I'm definitely upset about it. Wink, wink. <laughs> hmm. Well, bring it in the bring it in the car for the rest of the ski season. That's save save some of that for me. I'll yeah. I'll be uh, scrounging in your car. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. We've been recording for 32 minutes. Josh, do you have anything else you wanted to add on this uh, on this episode? Um, I just appreciate the uh, exposure and uh, you know for the snowboarders listening out there. Just glad to uh, represent and make a name for ourselves. You are people too. So, Josh, I'd love to see some uh, videos from this this uh, snowboard season for you. Absolutely. So definitely send those into that i seventy show, and we'll get you uh, uh, up there yeah, on the pod and stuff. Very nice. Yeah. All right, thank you for coming on the pod, Josh. Sarah, out. <laughs> and uh, pray for snow, y'all. <laughs>